Welcome to Nationwide Market Insights for June 16th, 2022. In the June FOMC meeting, the Fed announced an increase of interest rates by three quarters of a percent, the largest increase in nearly 30 years. How much higher could the Fed raise rates? How could this help to slow down inflation? And could a recession be on the horizon? Nationwide's Chief Economist David Burson and Deputy Chief Economist Brian Jordan provide their perspectives on the Fed's announcement and share their outlook on future rate increases. And now, here's David Burson. Hi everyone. The uh, Federal Reserve finished its two-day Federal Open Market Committee meeting today with a big change in policy. The first time since 1994, the Fed decided to tighten by 75 basis points, and they also kept their quantitative tightening program as it was. So that didn't change, but the 75 basis points was, as of Friday, that would have been a big surprise to the market. But, but Monday, there was a Wall Street Journal article that suggested the Fed was was thinking about a 75 basis point tightening, and indeed, that's what happened. I think the market would have been very surprised by by anything else. Um, but the most interesting parts, I think, were the uh, summary of economic projections, where all the Federal Reserve Board governors and regional bank presidents put their projections for GDP, unemployment, inflation, and the Fed looks at the price index for uh, personal consumption expenditures, not the CPI, and, and then the Fed's own projections where it thinks the federal funds rate will be, as well as the uh, press conference that uh, Chairman Jay Powell gives uh, after the the uh, policy statement is given. So, so Brian, let's start by by summarizing what the major changes were in the summary of economic projections. So uh, great points, David. There were some big changes. Uh, the Fed just issued a summary of economic projections three months ago. And in those three months, we've had some big changes in the Fed's outlook. Um, the Fed now expects weaker GDP growth over the next couple of years. In fact, a significant reduction in its estimate for GDP growth here in 2022, expecting 1.7% growth versus nearly 3% growth, 2.8% three months ago, it lifted its expectation for the unemployment rate slightly to 3.7% from 3.5, expects higher unemployment over the next few years than it expected in March. And it also expects higher inflation, at least this year, higher core PCE inflation and higher headline PCE inflation somewhat lower rates in the next couple of years. But the big change here was the Fed's expectation for its own policy, for, for the federal funds target rate. Three months ago, the median projection among FOMC members was for that rate to end this year at 1.9%. The Fed ratcheted that up all the way to 3.4% for this year. And the expectation for 2023 similarly was moved higher from a previous expectation of 2.8% all the way to 3.8%. So shifts in the economy, but a big shift in what the Fed expects itself to do for the remainder of the year. Well, let, let's talk about those Fed fund rate projections. I mean, right now, I, I know you and I are, um, are big believers in the shape of the yield curve, and particularly very short rates compared to, to longer rates, as a predictor of recessions. And 
well, long rates rallied on, on the basis of what the Fed did today. But, you know, if you look at the 10-year the Treasury note, the 10-year Treasury note is at 3.3%. Well, it was at 3.4% when the announcement was made. So, you know, long rates have rallied. Well, 3.3% is certainly below where the Fed projects the federal funds rate will be at the end of the year, 3.4. Now, as Chair Powell is fond of saying, it's a projection. It may be different than what will actually happen, which suggests that the 3.4% could be either higher or lower. But let, let's take the Fed projections as a given right now. If we end the year at 3.4 and, and long rates don't change, 3.3, that suggests to me a modest yield curve inversion by year end. And the next year, where you know, the Fed is looking for 3.8%, again, if long rates don't change, that's big if perhaps, uh, and even steeper inversion of the yield curve. What, what, what does that suggest about the path of economic growth going forward, and particularly, say, at the end of 2023 and early 2024? Yeah, it's a, it's a great point, David, because that really is the important driver and the important indicator of where the business cycle might be going. And at least as of today, we still have a fairly wide gap between the long-term benchmark interest rate, the 10-year Treasury yield, and the short-term benchmark interest rate, the federal funds target rate, even after these aggressive rate hikes of the past couple of months, punctuated by today's 75 basis point rate hike, there's still a fairly wide gap. The Fed's target range is 1.5 to 1.75%. And as you mentioned, as of this afternoon, we've got a 10-year Treasury yield at 3.3%. At so the curve at the moment is not suggesting any downturn in the economy anytime soon. But you make a very good point. If long-term rates were to remain unchanged, and they did rally today on the Fed news, if they were to remain unchanged through the remainder of the year, and the Fed were to continue tightening as it expects to continue tightening, as laid out in its summary of economic projections, we will have a flat, if not slightly inverted, yield curve by the end of 2022. Now, historically, after the curve has inverted or after the spread between the Fed funds target and the 10-year Treasury yield has inverted, it's been about a year and a half on average before we've had an outright economic recession. Monetary policy acts with a lag, tighter financial conditions act with lags. So typically after we get those conditions that would dictate a downturn in the economy, it takes roughly a year and a half before a recession takes hold. So if that were to play out, it would suggest that as we get into 2023 and perhaps even into 2024, the risk of, a, of an outright contraction in the economy is going to be rising. Do you think the Fed is trying to cause a recession? The Fed's two goals mandated by Congress are, and we'll combine them into, into one statement, the, the lowest unemployment rate possible with price stability. Obviously, we don't have price stability today. In the the service of one goal, trying to get price stability. Is, is the Fed prepared to give up the other one, which is the lowest possible unemployment rate? It seems that that is the case. And I think you make a very good point in combining those two goals together, the lowest possible unemployment rate that will provide price stability. It may be that in the current environment, that lowest possible unemployment rate is not 3.6%, not 3.8%, not 4.1% as the Fed projects for 2024, but could be some point higher than that. The Fed may have to aggressively reduce 
demand. And Powell acknowledged in his press conference today that the Fed is trying to moderate demand um, to bring inflation down. The Fed may have to do that more aggressively, which would mean a higher unemployment rate in order to, to tame price pressures. Powell's comments today and comments from other Fed officials over the last several months would indicate that they are focused much more on the inflation part of their mandate at the moment than they are on the maximum sustainable employment part of the mandate. I think that means that as much as they would like to produce a soft landing and still hope to produce a soft landing and are still forecasting a soft landing, they would be willing to allow the unemployment rate to rise and allow GDP to fall for a time if it meant declaring victory on inflation. Well, we know as economists that that prices are determined by demand and supply. And obviously what the Fed is doing here with uh, raising interest rates is meant to slow demand growth in the economy. But for the aggregate economy, price is, you know, we can look at that as inflation. What is happening on the supply side here? We have high oil prices. Uh, we still have real problems with logistics, supply chain difficulties. Can the Fed do anything about that? And does the change in monetary policy the Fed is doing depend upon some improvement on the supply side to perhaps get that soft landing? It's a great point because this is the great unsaid dynamic through this um, aggressive Fed policy response over the past few months. The Fed has said that it wants to get inflation down, that it's focused on getting inflation lower. It's willing to see some loosening in the labor market to do so. It's willing to see some downshift in economic growth to do so. What we haven't heard from the Fed, at least not much, is how much of this increase in the inflation rate has been driven by supply shocks. Obviously, the COVID supply shock that continues to this day, two months or two years rather after the pandemic began, and the supply shock more recently from the war in Eastern Europe. There is an underlying hope here that the Fed will get lucky, that we will see some improvement in the supply situation. We've already seen significant improvements on the supply chain side, certainly not enough to bring the inflation rate down, but inventories have picked up, uh, transportation networks have improved, some of the um, the clogging in the ports has has cleared up. So we started to see some improvements there, obviously much more to go to, to help bring the inflation rate lower. If we were to see continued moves along those lines, and if we were to see some resolution of the situation in Ukraine, the Fed could get lucky here. We could see a, a drop, perhaps a significant drop in the inflation rate that wouldn't have to come about through aggressive um, monetary policy tightening. That is something the Fed hasn't been talking about, but it would greatly help the Fed to achieve a soft landing if it happened. You know, looking at the uh, the SEPs uh, for this year, year-end, the Fed's projection of uh, overall PCE inflation and core PCE inflation, it's almost a percentage point difference. And then in uh, 2023 and 2024, inflation is projected to slow, but, but there's not much difference between core and, and overall inflation, suggesting that it is non-core factors, food and energy, that really uh, are, are pushing inflation up this year. And those are not going to be as significant in the next several years. So it looks in the, in, in the Fed projections as if perhaps they're hoping, but at least they're, they're assuming that these supply factors that have pushed up inflation are going to, to be 
ameliorated at least to, to some extent. But in the absence of that, well, the Fed has uh, projected unemployment rate of 4.1% in 2024, not much higher than it is now, and most economists would consider that pretty close to full employment. And and the PCE inflation in the core at about 2.2% for the overall, 23 for the core, so pretty close to the Fed's uh, long-run goal of, of 2%. If, if the supply side doesn't heal, do those things make sense? Is is there a discontinuity in the Fed's forecast of not much rise in unemployment and a significant fall in inflation if we don't get the supply side improvement? It's certainly possible, but it's threading the needle a bit. The Fed has historically not been so successful at delivering soft landings. And in fact, in the moment, at the time the Fed is tightening, we typically see more of the same. The trend is more, not less. So more inflation, lower unemployment. In fact, if we look back over the course of the last 50 years at the last eight complete tightening cycles, in every single one of those tightening cycles, the inflation rate rose. The Fed, at least in the moment, wasn't successful in bringing the inflation rate down because inflation hits the economy with a lag and monetary policy acts with a lag. So while the Fed was tightening, every time the Fed was tightening over the last five decades, the inflation rate continued to rise. Same thing happened on the opposite side for the unemployment rate. Every time the Fed tightened over the course of the last five decades, the unemployment rate fell from beginning of tightening cycle to the end of, of the tightening cycle. And so the Fed continued to raise interest rates, but because of the lags, because of the momentum, um, inflation continued to move higher, unemployment continued to move lower. So absent supply chain improvements, absent um, some resolution in Eastern Europe, it's hard to imagine, at least in the short term, as the Fed is continuing to raise short-term interest rates, given the momentum, given the lags associated with inflation and monetary policy, that we're going to have this Goldilocks conclusion within a couple of years. Um, I think we can can look at these numbers and infer that the Fed is expecting supply chain improvements. You mentioned the gap between overall inflation and core inflation. But absent that, it's going to be very, very difficult to pull it off. You know, the, this is a big change in Fed expectations between between March and today. And, and um, Chair Powell mentioned a couple of things. Last week's CPI number, an eye-opener, where the uh, 12-month change went up to 8.6%. You also mentioned uh, inflation expectations. And the Fed looks at inflation expectations as a key driver of, of future inflation. Well, the Fed has another meeting coming up at, at in, in July. You know, if, if inflation isn't going to respond in the short run, and it probably won't to the Fed tightening, inflation moves with a lag. The economy has some decent forward momentum. So let's just say inflation is a bit higher when the FOMC meets again, and unemployment at worst is flat and maybe a tad lower. Does the Fed go 75 again at the next meeting? The Fed has certainly opened the door to that. And Powell said explicitly at that at the July meeting, 50 or 75 is likely. He said that we shouldn't expect 75 basis point increases to be common going forward. And as you mentioned at the outset, this is the first time we've had an increase of this magnitude in nearly three decades since 19. 
94, um, but they went 75 today on the heels of a stronger than expected inflation report last week. If we get another stronger than expected report or simply another strong report next month, that could very well be enough to drive the Fed um, to move aggressively. Again, in the past, the Fed has taken its cues or taken some of its cues from the equity market and declines in equity prices have um, pushed the Fed to go a little bit more slowly or stop tightening altogether. You know, this time we've gone into an outright bear market in the benchmark S&P 500, and the Fed has still moved aggressively by, by 75 basis points. So it's a very real possibility that we're going to see another one of these in a month. The labor market news, for the most part, continues to be pretty healthy. We get another strong jobs report. We continue to see very low levels of unemployment claims. Small businesses continue to say that they're having a hard time finding qualified workers. And on top of that, if we get another strong inflation report, that may very well be enough to get back-to-back -back 75 basis point increases here. Well, let me just summarize where I think we, we both are. You know, The Fed has said it's going to tighten policy more aggressively than it thought perhaps even a week ago. I think we're, we're agreed with that, you know, and, and I think that it looks as if they're, they're front loading things with 75 basis point tightening moves. Certainly they did that today and, and perhaps at the next meeting, there is a risk that unless the supply side of the economy improves significantly, that the Fed could tighten so much the yield curve inverts. And as you say, within a year or maybe a bit more than that, we tend to have recessions. So I would say that that recession risk has gone up. Um, eventually, the Fed will be able to bring inflation down. It can always bring inflation down if it has the will to do so. But there's a cost for doing that. And that cost is a rise in unemployment and, and the potential for a recession. Well, let me uh, thank all of our listeners today. And I hope you have a uh, great rest of the week and a wonderful weekend. The information provided by Nationwide Economics is general in nature and not intended as investment or economic advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any security or adopt any investment strategy. Additionally, it does not take into account any specific investment objectives, tax, or financial condition, or particular needs of any specific person. The economic and market forecasts reflect our opinion as of the date of this report and are subject to change without notice. These forecasts show a broad range of possible outcomes. Because they are subject to high levels of uncertainty, they will not reflect actual performance. We obtain certain information from sources deemed reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or fairness. Nationwide and the Nationwide N and Eagle are service marks of the Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company. Copyright 2022. Nationwide.